0: You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast.
1: Likes, advice, and rumors, straight from the source.
0: TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at the slow ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 275th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. I'm Matt in beautiful, not state championship, state championship weather, Minneapolis, Minnesota.
1: And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, you guys. We are sad to report that uh, the the rumors of... Super Rookie's demise well, Greatly, greatly exaggerated
2: What are you talking about? I'm right here
1: <laughs> Yeah
2: Now, my voice may be a little sour But I'm here I am ready to crush it your Your
0: attitude's been a little sour so far tonight too <laughs> But, you know that's okay. I feel like maybe something's grinding your gears. Yeah. Maybe there's some. oh, there, there's something really grinding my gears.
1: <laughs> some I'll
2: get to that in something a little bit. in the craw. There. Okay.
1: Well, Tim, we appreciate uh, you. T-
2: I'm not giving it. Uh, I'm not giving what's grinding my All gears right. above the fold treatment.
1: No, it doesn't deserve it. But we appreciate you being no. here, uh, taking one for the team uh, when you're clearly not at a hundred percent, like uh, Matthew Vanderpool is. Um, oh,
2: nice. <laughs> wow. Was it good job? Yeah. Maybe I should just take the back seat all the time. Yeah. Oh, a hell of a transition there! It
1: was because uh, you know we we flipped open the old uh, Peloton magazine recently and we saw the uh, the full page spread beautiful Matthew Vanderpool sporting the one hundred percent glasses. Yeah, and it may as well have been captioned, "Hi, Peter. My name is Matthew."
2: Yeah. When I saw that today, I was like, okay, Peter definitely knows who Matthew Vanderpool is because he's literally taking money out of his pocket by being featured in that full page advertisement.
1: Yeah, that probably should have been Peter, right?
2: Now, I know you're wondering, Tim, why are you reading print journalism? That's true. A magazine. Can I just get to what's really stuck in my craw, guys? Can I just I, hijack this? We are still get above it, the fold. Get the toothpick out. Well, here's the deal. I subscribe to at least seven print magazines. I think seven.
1: You're uh, one of the few.
2: I, I pay for six.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: Um, One, I think someone else got me a subscription. Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere... I get a $40 charge on my bank account. And I didn't even know who it was. I was like, what is this? What is pocket outdoor media? Mm -hmm. I had to do a lot of Googling. And I was like, "Oh, is this my bicycle retailer subscription? Or is this my VeloNews subscription? And the only reason I have the VeloNews subscription is because Dan Cavallari is a hell of a tech writer. And I really like it. I don't really read anything else in that magazine besides his articles. <laughs> I mean, I'm mean, i paying a lot of money for that. Is
1: there much else in those magazines, really?
2: Not really. <laughs> okay. It, it's The Tour de France coverage last year edition was really bad. But anyways, the gear guide that Dan orchestrates is really good. But here's the thing. You have to let me know when you're going to just all of a sudden charge me $40 for another year. I just don't know how they get away with that. But then... Uh-huh. I was reading the November-December issue today, which means it's also the time when they have to publish their uh, stats about how many subscriptions that they have and all that. You know how there's Uh, always that little throwaway page? Well, judging by the amount of subscriptions, they should probably step up their customer service game a little bit because there's a lot of people canceling their subscriptions. (laughs) And it may have to do with just automatically charging people without letting them know that it's coming. (laughs) And I'm sorry. I want to support people that support the sport I love. But you better start treating me like garbage. I'm trying to give you money. Do it the right way. So then I reach out via Twitter because there's no other way to figure out how to contact these people. Okay, I didn't really get much anywhere. Mm-hmm. i like dm dan i'm like dan i really like your articles but can you hook me up with who your scrip- subscription person is nothing back i i'm just like or no sorry dan got me the contacts nothing back from them so okay anyway <laughs> hopefully that gets solved by the next like week and a half yeah well <laughs> i still want to give the money it's just like it's the principle of the thing, guys.
1: Yeah, a heads up yeah. would be uh, appreciated, I guess. that's. Uh,
2: and feel free to edit, like, the last five minutes out of the podcast.
1: <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll let our editor know. Um, I mean, I suppose the one way you could solve this problem is the way that I have solved it for myself, uh, is that you just don't subscribe in the first place, and then you don't get hit <laughs> with these uh, sneaky re-ups.
2: So the magazines I subscribe to, Vela News. Mm-hmm. I subscribe to Dirt Rag. Dirt Rag's probably my favorite one, hands that's down. That's a good one. Sure. I also bicycle retailer because I like the bicycle industry and it puts food on my table. I have to kind of know what's going on there, and I want to support the people that report that stuff. Like yeah. I, I feel that's very important. Yeah, absolutely. Dirt Rag, though, fantastic. Like I want to hang out with those guys. I don't know if there's anybody else in any of these other magazines that I subscribe to that I want to hang out with as much as Dirt Rag. Anyway. All right. <laughs> I also subscribe to the Wide Angle Podium Network, so there you go.
0: Well, <laughs> not, not I appreciate yet a magazine format, but yes. All
1: right. Yeah. Well, uh, that was a that was an interesting uh, sharp left <laughs> down Segway Street that I wasn't uh, I wasn't expecting. You know, Tim, you, you asked me to take the lead on this episode because your voice was uh, a little under the weather, and uh, you commandeered the yeah. ship right off the bat. Maybe you just needed to get it out. I'm back
2: back to the back seat now. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Maybe you've only got a certain, like a word limit tonight. So you needed to get it out early. I'm not sure what the strategy was there, but, uh, all right. Mm
2: -hmm. I think that that's very true.
0: (laughs) We should start treating Tim like a pitcher. Yeah. Try to keep him to like maybe 60, 70 words per episode just to, you know, make sure that we keep, keep him fresh for the whole season.
1: Yeah. I mean, we do, we do play a couple, you know, 52 episodes a year. That's, uh. That's a mm-hmm. lot of words. Yeah. All right. I'm then on, we could get
0: really I'm tech, done. and we could call we could call somebody in just to answer one question, just a yes or no question, and then take <laughs> them out, pull them straight off the episode. That's all we needed. We needed we needed a right handed uh, cycle cross expert to <laughs> uh-huh. answer the question real quick, and then we got to get them out of here.
1: And we could just bring, bring them the in to one. close, like the last ten minutes of the episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Somebody just comes in with a couple of hot. Valverde based jokes. <laughs> and then
1: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right. and hey, you, know, you can see Valverde, him coming but you know
0: it doesn't matter. You,
2: there's been a lot of talk on the old Instagram and Twitter. People trying to give out hot takes jumping on the Van mm-hmm. Va, Van Ver, the Valverde hype train that he is the greatest cyclist of the last decade which absolutely is true. Yeah. But we've
0: known that forever.
2: Welcome to the bandwagon guys. <laughs>
0: yeah i mean we welcome the the matthew Vanderpool bandwagon too i mean people people said we talked about him too much last year before uh road season i don't think that's true i don't think yeah. we talked about him enough
1: i agree yeah. um speaking of Vanderpool news since we've been talking about him and and sagan and then tim's rant and getting circling all the way back around <laughs> you okay, guys saw this going? Vanderpool news that uh he he's just assigning himself. He's he's calling his shot. He's Babe Ruthing this thing, saying, "Yeah, maybe I'll ride the tour next year."
0: <laughs> well, twenty twenty one. He's not be- <laughs> right, he's right. not being oh, crazy, Spencer. Oh, he's saying, "I'll ride in twenty twenty one next year." He's just he already called his Volta shot, which I love.
1: That's well, yes, he's doing it again. Do, do they yeah. even have an ent-
2: Do they have a wildcard entry to the Volta?
0: Yeah, they would have to probably ditch a Spanish team. No. But, Wait, no, So, like, his team isn't
2: going to the. Vuelta. Oh no, his his team
0: but, doesn't have a uh, yet. But they well, haven't they haven't announced the wild well, the, see, but teams. But Peter Sagan is. Or sorry, Matthew Vanderpoel is going to the Volta. Yeah. Oh yeah. So if the, they didn't take him, they would be so stupid. That'd the, be crazy.
1: The wild card process at the Volta uh, consists of this: Matthew Vanderpoel says he wants to go, and you're accepted. That's, that's about all there is. I, do you it.
0: think? Do you think this was also an angle in that, you know, so then the vault is like, hey, you know, we try to usually give it to a Spanish team and then Vanderpool's team immediately gets a huge multi-million dollar Spanish sponsor. Like, boom, no
2: problem, you know? <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Do you, well, here's a question. Do you think that um, they turned down Vanderpool's team but Vanderpool then... Gets a waiver from his team to then go to another World Tour team, so basically gets put on loan. Mm, I don't see that the, happening for the Volta. I don't see it. Play along with me here, little guy. Okay, I'll play yes, along. Yes, and it's 1989.
0: Sure, it's 1989. That happens. Yeah. What team does Vanderpoel go to? Uh. Hmm. Well, who's right? He's got to go to Movie Star because the
2: Canyons are they still riding Canyons? Yeah, I think so. Yes, so I guess cool. he goes to Canyon.
1: M- them and well, it used to be Katusha. I don't know if they are yeah. anymore.
0: Yeah, I don't what's Israeli ri- drive, ride, drive, ride, drive. At DeRossos, yeah, they right?
1: were on um,
2: but DeRosa, huh,
1: so, so okay. they have
2: to go on Canyon. See, so like the Canyon sponsorship, I like,
1: I like that track, but what about this? What if you think about what sort of team you know is the best fit for Vanderpool? So you got to think, um doesn't matter. It's not necessarily uh, needing a lead out train. So don't really need a sprinter's team, even though he's going to win sprint stages. Um, Mm -hmm.
2: I think he should just go to Lotto Jumbo (laughs) just to mess with Wout. (laughs) Just to be like, sorry, (laughs) backseat again, buddy.
1: That would be interesting. I don't think that's probably not a good idea. Sort of an oil and water situation.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, my, my, my whole thing last year, though, was that they should, when Wout needed a team, is that they should have been on the same team together just for one crazy year. Well, I mean, that, that's not going to happen anymore. My dream of putting them on one team is never going to happen, right.
1: I think. But if, if they're on the same team, that's pretty much guaranteed two spots in the podium every every sprint <laughs> stage, every like, roller stage um, that yeah. there is. And Probably every climbing stage as well. Because they're just going to be yeah. attacking each other.
2: Well, Vanderpool has a long way to go. It's not like he's even racing right now.
1: Uh, Vanderpool?
0: Uh, he, he's he's racing, him. You might not have noticed. Maybe you pulled up the start line at uh, Cockside or whatever, and uh, you didn't see him at the front, so you thought he wasn't racing today. But if you would have watched... 15 seconds of the race, you would have noticed that he got to the front pretty
2: easily. <laughs> well, what row did he start in? He started in third, I think. Yeah. So he moved but up from he, the week before when he was in fourth row.
0: Yeah, but the thing that is most impressive about that move up, I don't think is that he started in the third row. It's that there was that crash that Merlier and like Kleppe or whatever went down in the first corner and Vanderpool basically came to a stop, did a little endo and had to get around that crash a la like a cat four five race or yeah. both the races I did this weekend, um in Minnesota where somebody crashed in the first corner and took out half the field. Uh, so he was really He was like at the tail end. Other than Merlier, who Merlier yeah. also I, he had a, great a race. little yeah. We got it. We should before we totally forget. Merlier did come back and get a really good result, which is yeah, pretty he, impressive. He finished if ninth under he
1: was dead last. Vanderpool, dead last, pretty close to the same situation. Um, was I think I heard forty second out of forty six at one point, so almost dead last. And uh,
2: but for what for like except for like the seconds, New Zealand guy or something, right?
1: <laughs> he moved
0: up so quick, I could not. I it, I, it was it, embarrassing.
2: It was insane.
0: Yeah, it was embarrassing to everybody else.
1: They should be embarrassed because yeah, through the lap. Uh, the end of the first lap, he was on Lauren Sweek's wheel and rolled around him momentarily after that and uh, taken the lead yeah. at the very beginning of the second lap that from dead last, from a stop.
0: Yeah, uh, and then, no words, Sweek got second, right? Sweek did end up coming in second. There was a pretty good battle for second. It, it, there was a lot of guys in there. Uh, that, that was a good race.
1: That race, Vanderpool is
0: just so next level.
1: Yeah, you, you really it's was. It's Co- unbelievable. Coxsad is an exciting race because of the sand dunes and the descents on it and the opportunity for disaster, uh, even if somebody's got a huge gap and they're off the front, it could go wrong at any time and you don't even feel bad because they just fall in a bunch of sand and they're totally fine. It's not like they're going to break their collarbones or anything. So I think that's yeah. what gives Cox out of this really kind of special excitement. So,
2: I need to ask a question. The reason Wow is not racing is because of the injury from the tour, right? Yeah yes. is Is there a timeline for when he comes back? That you get like maybe I've missed. Is he going to race any cross this season?
1: It's unlikely.
0: Well, there were some spy shots this week of him racing, doing some training in the
2: sand. Yeah, he's so riding floating here. around. Well, so, yes, okay. All right, let's go to the women's race. I'm assuming that was more exciting than the Matthew Vanderpool show.
0: Yeah, well, it was more of a race. I
1: mean, the Vanderpool show was pretty exciting.
0: It was very exciting. Yeah, you know, I don't want to sell it short.
1: No, the women's race was uh, was another uh, classic. And again, cocksided just makes the racing exciting no matter what. Um, but yeah, you had a lot of back and forth, uh, a lot of gaps chasing, closing, opening, Lucinda Brand having a great race. Katie Compton, Pac-Manning through, uh, having a great race. Sana Khan having a great race. Like in the end, uh, Celine, Carmen Del Alvarado, uh, taking the victory. She seemed pretty excited about that. And, uh, yeah, it was a good race. It was start to finish. Uh, you know, if you've got the NBC sports gold, they should have it on the replay. So go find it.
2: Yeah, I will have to, I didn't get to see either. But I'm assuming that it was also pretty awesome with the uh, great gravel riding. Oh, that, oh, sorry, the sand dunes. Did
0: you not get to see it because you were out training? Getting You got up, did your did your gym work, and then you went out and did, knocked out a cool 50 to 75 yeah, for your DK work?
2: I'm yeah, because I'm extremely stressed out about riding on the back of a soft ride, beam bike, and I'm weighing in right now at 187 pounds. <laughs> You're gonna I be haven't fine. even ventured to guess on what the weight limit is on a beam you know what tim you shouldn't be worrying about the weight limit you should be
0: worrying about the power limit you might you might exceed the power limit
2: what yes, if you do I that absolutely gonna cry spencer better do some training i'm a little well, worried about that because i think the front end might be a little squirrely he's not going to be able to, he's like a rear engine car it's going to be like a porsche coming down those flint hills well see now, now going to be nothing but speed
1: that's part of my strategy here as i'm thinking this through all the power is coming from the back, right? Like all I need to do is steer the boat. Really? So I think I'm good.
0: All
1: right. Is <laughs> that know how this works? I've never ridden a tandem.
2: Uh, we will see. Hey, um, before we get to it, it was the, uh, North Carolina cyclocross race, the UCI race. That's kind of been around forever. Yeah. Mm hmm. Eric Thompson was looking pretty good. Got third place.
1: Yeah. And second place.
2: And second. So you know what that means.
1: A classic Tim rant about
2: the heat check. That means that the heat check is going to be looking really awesome when he's like, (laughs) he's got to be top five. You think so? He's got, he's made his comeback. Yeah. He's It's been a while since he's been on the heat check. And I know Bill's listening to this right now. And he's like getting ready, and he if he puts him below six, there's going to be a rant. Above six, it's going to be appropriate, just like the Gophers in the uh, you know rankings right now for football. Well, just saying.
1: I mean, don't shoot the messenger, right? Like he just plugs all the information into the machine, and uh, the uh, the logger the algorithm is is doing the doing the heavy lifting mm. there. So,
2: oh yeah. It th- the algorithm a convenient a convenient foil to just get away from taking a real stand on our boy eric thompson uh-huh. anyways that's all i just wanted to mention about u.s cyclocross
0: hey i'm just glad thompson wasn't wasn't lapping me here in minnesota
2: so, so look guy, you were doing your cyclocross racing what did you see this weekend there was a bike that you saw that you're like that's a little overpowered for the minnesota state <laughs> cyclocross championships
0: Oh, someone just had one of the canyons, the whatever. I don't even know what it's called. The canyons, this thing, Vanderpool and Alvarado ride. And, um, uh, it seemed not a the little, duplex. not the duplex, but after watching the racing this morning and seeing that bike win two world cups, it's a little weird. Me and my Schwamigan B bike, totally the <laughs> wrong setup, wrong tires, <laughs> wrong everything. Uh-huh. And I'm getting ready to race and you look over and you see that bike and it doesn't even matter who's on it. I'm a little, I get a little shiver. I'm like, Oh no.
2: That bike's fast. Can we talk talk a little bit about the canyon? About the what? I got to eat some hay. I got to eat some crow on this. Do it. I thought for sure being able to buy a canyon online in the US at such a cheaper rate versus like one of the bigger brands, Mm -hmm. Trek Specialized, whatever, would be a game changer. I'm not seeing as many canyons out on the road as I thought I would have. At the, almost like what? What is it? Two years now since like, yeah, came into I, the U.S. It's
0: I'm seeing a trickle more. I'm definitely. I mean, I've never seen one before. So
2: two years ago. So, so the faucet's really opened up for you. I'm just. <laughs> yeah. well, I saw I mean, a couple when it first happened. Yeah, 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 and then I haven't really seen more, and it just shows the power of the bike shop. I guess like it does show that people do want to go to the bike shop. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they they value that. Now I don't know if people are buying. These super bikes, like these Pinarellos I'm seeing out on the road, or Trek Madones at full retail. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I'm out of that game now since I closed my shop. Yeah, but I'm not seeing Canyons taking that space of the top dollar. Here's the thing about
1: the internet bicycle buyer uh, purchasing communities. Him, the Canyon. At uh, at its MSRP, as as low as that may be in comparison to to comparable models from from the big brands we're all familiar with, is still a pretty high price tag, right? Like the bikes okay, that I yeah. see from the internet purchaser who who knows enough that to know that they don't want a bike from Walmart or whatever, they still buy a lot of Moto becans. They still buy a lot of Gravities. They still buy a lot of those uh, bikes bikes or whatever. Yeah. Not a lot of Kenyans. I don't think there's, I think the Venn diagram for the internet purchaser uh, and the high end purchaser do not really overlap that much.
2: So here's where I'm a little confused on the whole thing is that. I felt that Canyon having all of this money that they sunk into the world tour, the Matthew Vanderpol's type sponsorships, like show the legitimacy of this bike, mm-hmm. right? And the R&D. Does. It's different than the Moda Becames or the Nash Bar off-market bikes that you've seen. Or every city in America apparently has a guy that works at a bike shop that, you know, went to Interbike and knows how to order a bike through a factory right. <laughs> in Taiwan or whatever. I just thought that there'd be a lot of people that are getting into the market like i need a new carbon bike and they're looking at a madone they're looking at a um a specialized uh or whatever
1: s works
2: s works sorry and they're looking at the swarks and they're looking around and they're like oh i'll also put canyon into that discussion right and you would think think that then therefore there would be a like a ratio of canyon buyers and i'm not seeing that but But i think a lot of those people
0: it's on teams, man. The people that are buying those fancy spikes, a lot of them are on teams, and if the whole team's going to get a madone because that's what the shop sells. You're still getting that good price.
1: Yeah, if uh, well, but then that's here, the, here's the crux. Here's the problem, Tim. Like little guys onto something here. You need to sponsor the local clubs, and you need to build that community, right? But in order to do that, Canyon is also going to have to, you know, provide a club with a discount on a bike. But also like access to their QBP account, just like free range, like no markup on it at all, and then you get a lot of people interested in your Canyon bikes <laughs> because, let's face it, now, that's why anyone's on a bike team at this point is getting. And I have deep no idea on their part,
2: like the sales numbers for Canyon. They could be doing really well, and it's just not in this market here in Orlando. That I mean, I'm just saying that I thought I would see more, but right. they will continue to sponsor. <laughs> world-class racer Matthew Vanderpool who's going to do whatever race he wants um so yeah
1: no it's a it's a good thing and you know we have been getting uh as we do notified of every single duplex handlebar sighting out in the wild on our uh slow ride pod <laughs> instagram account we get tagged anytime there's a duplex or a double decker bar uh yeah you know West of the Mississippi, I think they call them the double decker, and uh, out east here we call them the duplex. So, either it's kind way of works. the
2: difference between the Girl Scout cookies,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so mm-hmm. I love seeing that. Uh, maybe the gravel scene, Tim, maybe you're not uh, as ingrained in the gravel scene as you think you are, and that is where the canyons are really taking hold with well, that duplex.
2: Let me tell you what, Spencer, when you're steering the bike <laughs> up front at Dirty Kansas, uh-huh. I'll have the camera out. Yeah. Also, being the photojournalist of our adventure. Yeah. Now, there's rumors that there's going to be a film crew following us. Um, very similar to other. Unnamed. Dirty cans of documentaries <laughs> that have yeah. been out there yeah. recently. Love it. Um, So, I, you know, I may have some time. I'm going to bring some magazines. And here's my favorite part about being the stoker for this adventure uh-huh. is that I'm going to have three pockets sitting in front of me just like it's like a uh like an airplane seat in front of me with just a nice pocket yeah. so i can put magazines in there perfect and everything else It's gonna be great
1: tim i will uh i will keep the barf bag in there for you because i know you're gonna need it <laughs> after 200 miles on those rolling flint hills of Kansas.
2: wait are there hills have we even checked how much climbing is on this i have race? no idea <laughs>
0: there's climbing no there's idea. a lot of climbing i think
1: I think Kansas is pretty flat. I've driven I'm through pretty, it, and it was pretty I, flat. I, I, I've watched I,
2: Wizard of Us. It's pretty flat.
1: <laughs> it's uh, I.
2: I think
0: you guys should keep thinking
2: that.
1: Yeah, is it I seventy that goes straight through there, just dead straight, and you go under the corn uh, arch? Yeah, it's it's I mean, pretty so flat. It,
0: you just go to their website, and all the pictures
2: have rollers.
1: Oh no, wait, that's Nebraska. You know, like. I don't know anything about Kansas.
2: Yeah. You guys. Hey, um, for all those that are, you know, professional cyclists that are listening to the podcast, December 1st is when you have to start the registration process for Dirty Kansas. Judging by how many people went to the big sugar mm. race where it sold out in five minutes, you're gonna have to enter the lottery pretty quick. Unfortunately for you, you're not us, and we already have our entries.
1: <laughs> that seems impossible.
2: Yeah, no. But it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait, guys. It's going to be a good time. Um, getting really excited for it.
1: Excellent. Yeah. Um, on that note, Tim, I know you usually try and figure out some clever way to segue us into the pre-lap. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how you work this magic, but it is indeed time to head to the pre-lap. met matthew vanderpool and i don't listen to the slow ride podcast tim this week on the preem lap uh-huh we're riding for works again
2: yeah Woo. we are i've heard a lot about the works little guy was very excited to tell me all about the works <laughs> last week you told us all about the works what yeah. i can tell you is this you just need to go to yourcleanbike.com yeah use the coupon code clean bike and you can save 15% on your works power washer and all of the accessories you could possibly need. Yeah. So little guy, you're using the works power washer. Yes. What do you got for me? Well, it does all those things. It's affordable. It
0: works. It cleans your bike. But one of the best selling features I think is if you have a toddler who likes to play (laughs) with big kid toys, um, Last week, I was using my works, cleaning my bike, and little Tambudin Tambudin walked into the yard and saw it and sprinted from the other side of the yard saying, yes, 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 So excited. Every time he sees it, he's like, can we do this? Can we do this right now? And I'm usually like, no, we can't right now. We're doing something else. We're going somewhere. But he got to help me clean my bike, and he was Overjoyed. So hot summer day. Just hand the kid the works.
1: Ah, uh, it's like having a pit crew. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, little
2: pit crew that didn't really get the parts
1: it's I a, wanted clean,
2: <laughs> but you know. Now, little guy, you have one. I know Spencer has one. Yeah. I still don't have one. Mm. I still use a hose, and I just turn mm. that that stream up to full power and just spray it right on my bottom bracket because mm-hmm. that's what I've done forever. How yeah. would the works? improve my life <laughs>
0: well it would clean your bike without blowing out your bearings yeah that would improve your bike then you wouldn't have to drive all the way across florida to get your bottom bracket serviced where <laughs> that shop you take your bike to so uh seems like there, it seems like better for everybody
2: are there any downsides little guy
0: to using a works power washer i mean i guess you got to remember to charge it every once in a while but i haven't actually charged mine yet so i you know are you sure? Uh, like, does it clean your bike for you? <laughs> it doesn't clean my bike for me. That's true. That sounds the, like a downside to the me. One, the one downside is that it's not a pit crew. It's not fully a pit crew. Uh, it is the one step below having your own uh, me- in-house mechanic that I physically still have to go do it, which isn't really that bad. But, you know, if you put it off till late at night like I do, maybe then it gets a little bad.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well...
0: It's, but that's my own fault. It's pretty, pretty straightforward
1: for most responsible people who are cleaning their bikes, shouldn't have any problems at all. Works, uh, like Tim said, yourcleanbike.com, use the code CLEANBIKE to save yourself 15%. That's off the Works HydraShot, it's off the replacement batteries or extra batteries. It's off the bike cleaning kit that they specially put together for wide angle podium. This is not a normal thing that they sell. That's so cool. Um, so, uh, ride, shred, rinse, repeat. That's how it works with the Works Hydra Shot. Hey, That's
2: I want to works. give a quick shout out to uh, BucklerSkincare.com because they have not only our amazing chamois cream, the Miracle WAP, but I was at Disney on Saturday crushing okay. it, going up. Saw, do you, do you shame of the podcast. Me up for Disney. Well, I was just going to say, I saw a friend of the podcast, Grand Partain, out there little okay. shocking because he was wearing sleeves when I saw him, but he was coming into uh, one of the resorts on his bike. He just got done slaying it out there. And uh, as I was getting ready to ride or walk in, I realized that, man, I failed myself because I didn't buy also from Buckler Skincare the, the anti-chafe stick. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of walking and my legs were chafing the whole time. <laughs> Man, I really wish I would have either had my miracle whap chamois cream or my runner's chafe stick when I went to Disney. It was kind of a painful walk. That's a lot of walking there. Who's gonna throw that out there?
0: All right. How's the cha- the chafe stick is like uh
2: it's it's sort of like a little like a little It's like, like it goes on like deodorant. Okay. And you right. put it all over your body just so you don't get chafed. Whatever's going to It's like chamois cream, but I oh. wasn't wearing a chamois, so you don't want to use the chamois cream. Great, so it withstands against water.
1: That's a great anecdote, Sweat. and uh, I appreciate you bringing that to the show. <laughs> it does not, however, support our show in any way, uh, but people no. can pick it up along with the Miracle <laughs> yes, Wap sure. chamois cream. So, you know, if you need to build out that basket, if you're looking for uh, some extra stocking stuffers, you know, sure, but uh, make sure to drop that uh, Miracle oh, wrap in the in the basket it's, first. Well,
0: you want to save on shipping. So just
1: I have,
2: forgot how close we days. are to the holidays. You definitely want to get your loved ones some Miracle wrap. The tingle is the miracle. And if you don't get them that, head over to wideanglepodium.com/coffee for some Grimper Brothers coffee.
1: Yes, the Grimper Brothers yes. coffee. That is an instant slam dunk. That is a home run. Uh that is a fourth down a touchdown. That is a goal zalo. <laughs> uh <laughs> That is, uh, I don't know any rugby terms, so we're probably not going to sell a lot of coffee in Australia, but it's a slam dunk. If you need, uh, if you need gift ideas, if you Mm -hmm. need something to treat yourself right, uh, head on over wideanglepodium.com slash coffee, pick yourself up some full Schleck or cross friends. And with that, Tim, we're heading back to the show. Okay, boomer.
0: (laughs) Uh, this is Stephen Hyde with CannondaleCyclocrossWorld.com, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Tim, you been doing any twittin', twittin', twittin' twittering? T- I've been tw- doing twittin some twittin'. Twittin'? tweetin'. I've been known to
2: tweet. Okay. Cool. <laughs> What's going on on t- Tweet, tweeter? Well, our good friend Johan Brunel popped his head out of his rabbit ho- spider hole once again. This time I had to actually <laughs> Google translate what he said just to see if, like, you know, does his opinion still matter? I don't know. And let me tell you, he was trying to come with some hot fire. Mm-hmm, it's true. Basically saying that the world champion should not be determined on a single one-day race, but should be determined over the course of the entire year. And I took that as an attack on Matthew Vanderpoel. And everyone here knows I've been Matthew Vanderpoel's number one fan since day one. Yeah, now, Been on that bandwagon mm-hmm. since the now, beginning. this is interesting uh, mm-hmm.
1: f- for many reasons. I want to get into what Brunel said as well, but I thought I was going to need to get into that first. But actually, I need to get into what you just said. Um <laughs> You took this as an attack on Matthew Vanderpoel and not an attack on Mads Peterson, the kind of out of nowhere world champion.
2: Yeah, I did. And here's why. Okay. It's because Matthew Vanderpool is really the world champion of everything cycling.
0: Yeah. If right. you use Brunel's, Cross. if you use Brunel's system, he is. No, I was thinking yeah. of cyclocross. It's true. He would be. But, okay.
1: He would be the world champion all disciplines if you use the Bruniel system. That is true. So Yeah. Interesting.
2: I was so, just thinking cyclocross. I wasn't thinking I didn't even think of that. Well, he season. is the world champion in
0: cyclocross. Yeah. You agree with he you one day? And he's won, I believe, let me check notes, thirty three cyclocross races in a row.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's a staggering number.
0: So that's Yeah, he's a world champion.
1: So yeah, here, for sure. here's the thing. Bruniel... His opinion doesn't matter. He we no one should ever listen to anything Johan Brunil says. He doesn't deserve the platform. But let's examine this statement. Let's give him the platform. No, this is not <laughs> Brunil discussion hour, but it is. No. We remember, I know you remember Tim fondly, the old World Cup leaders' jersey.
2: Oh my god, what a thing of beauty.
1: Right? So now, yeah. oh. now you're on board. He What yeah, he's essentially saying thing. is is the leader of the World Cup at the end of the year should be the world champion, and we should not have a one-day world championship. Does that make sense?
2: Yes, and right now I need to go to pro cycling stats to see even who won the World Tour this year, who is the top-ranked rider in the World Tour. Now, if I, it's Alejandro Valverde, I'm totally all in on the Johan Bruyneel <laughs> method.
0: I don't... Yeah, this 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 started out as you getting on Bruniel, and I just believe you're actually arguing for Bruniel's point.
2: Now... Yeah, I realize that right now, <laughs> but that's not the point here. Wait, that's because that is the point.
1: This is no longer the Bruniel uh, corner, you know, power hour. This is just a I discussion. I think Bruniel
2: needs to fly over here to the States so we can really interview him on this.
1: Now, I... I... I think it's interesting that the World Championship is a one-day race because it does it exclude folks like Froome and Quintana and these folks that are stage race specialists, right? Like, mm. but I don't think that's been a huge problem. Like we've had pretty good climbers win in the past, just by the All way right. that parkours is set up, right? Like,
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean it's so so he's nice. a te- So I understand I I misread it first off, and I was just getting mad at Johan Brunil because I thought he was going after Matthew Vanderpoel. <laughs> he's going after Mads Peterson. Here's the that's that's okay. That's stupid. Mads Peterson is a great world champion, yes. and I look forward to him wearing the stripes next year. Let's get a little bit into what Brunil is saying, and that's kind of the reintroduction of our world championship belt. Last time we issued the world championship belt was like a year ago and it started with Sagan
1: yeah then
2: I Mm -hmm. think we gave it to Roglic at some point have we taken it off of Roglic lit to give it to Matthew Vanderpool
1: I think we did
2: uh I think Vanderpool at least snuck in and took it at some point okay so let's say Matthew Vanderpool now has the men's world championship slow ride belt does anybody else is it still on Matthew Vanderpool
0: yes
1: for road for overall or just this is overall, it's, isn't it? I forget yeah. the rules.
2: <laughs> no, the world championship belt. It's just who's the who's the champion of cycling right now? Okay. Is it still Matthew Vanderpool? It's Matthew Vanderpool. Yeah, I think it's 100%. still Vanderpool. All right.
1: It may have gotten taken away while he was on his uh his you know one month break there for a minute. But, but we uh,
2: didn't talk about it, so now it's back to Vanderpool because he's just yeah, crushing it. I
1: think again. he took it back okay. from whoever may have grabbed it. Yeah. All right. Um, so here's the thing. There is a, a, a world tour like leader, right? At the end of the year, like the most world tour points, but that's like every single race. And I don't yeah, think that yeah. makes any sense either. I think that's garbage. Uh, that's a participation trophy, um, which of is going to win. Um,
0: <laughs> I mean, it's kind of, it's a participation doing well trophy. It's not like anybody well, yeah. in there is just in there cause they did a lot of races. Like,
1: sure. Sure. I sure. don't know. But I think it needs to be pared down, right? If you're gonna do it more than one day, and how do you do that? And you run into this whole thing. I think that was the whole problem with the World Cup uh, leaders jersey in the past. Um, as glorious as a, of a jersey as it was, um, you were never gonna find that that magic formula because the nope. like everything in road cycling, the Tour got mad about it because they weren't included, and then it ended. <laughs> so. Yeah.
2: Now the women's, works. they have a World Cup, right? Because they have those specially designed jerseys, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so that's what we'd be looking for, like the ten races that matter. Right. And can you account? Can you? Is there a way to include the tour into those? this idea gets floated like every other year.
1: Yeah. It never. Go. Every
2: race wants to be a part of it. Not every race can be a part of it. We're the arbiters of cool. We can determine what races are on there. Yeah. Obviously, the five monuments of cycling. Yeah, and then what? I mean, the six.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I think there's six.
2: But then how do you choose? How do you choose after that though? Strada Bianchi. That's seven. So so we start with Paris Roubaix, Flanders. Mm-hmm. You're gonna throw uh, Lombardia on there. Japan Cup, Milan. Yep. W- what Liège, do you put in? Do you, Liège. Do you put in? You're gonna have Strada Bianchi. Okay, does perry Nice
0: or does Torino get in there? Neither,
2: neither, no. Why would they? What
0: do you Come mean? On, why thinking? would they?
2: They're the they're the like they're garbage the races mo- compared to the six monuments of cycling and Strada Bianchi.
0: Yeah, but they're like the big build up to the first monument. I mean, that's the the season really. Open. Bil- oh,
2: you just said it. They're the build up. They're not the monument. They're, yeah, not, but the, what, well, they're, they're okay, not What What else nice people care what about?
0: What else do you What else do you actually have then beyond Strada Bianca? Oh, well, you have the Tour Down Under. No, nope. um, no. Nope. Have nope. You lost me. You lost me. I don't know where We've you are. What other races you go? would there be? We've already you go?
1: run into the issue that uh, world cycling has in general. And <laughs> now we're already fighting about what should be in and what shouldn't. Be.
2: Well, you can't. You can't have multi-day races into this
1: whole thing. You I just sure put you one
2: in. <laughs> no, you can't. What?
0: <laughs>
2: no multi-day races. That's insane. Well, okay,
0: okay. So Tour Down Under comes out.
2: Yeah, for sure. That was a joke. Okay. I was trying to get you. Ready. Oh, good, good joke, good joke.
1: But the uh, what about the Cadell uh, Great Oceanic Race or whatever? Mm. That one could be in. What
0: about what about my two of my top five races? E three and uh, Amelia or whatever. You put Which those ones in is
2: one of them in the fall? We one's we obviously need some races in the fall here.
0: Yeah, yeah, one's in, it's in, it's part of the, part of the that cool little Italian classic series we had this year where they well, finally We just did
2: the math, so Johan Brunel's idea is not good. It's pretty bad cuz we can't even figure it out.
1: This idea, I, I think we've tested it fully here. Uh, you know, we've exhausted all options and we can say even though our our opinion bias was to say Johan Brunel is an idiot who does not deserve to have a platform anymore. When we look at it scientifically, as we just did, we can scientifically say Johan Berniel is an idiot and doesn't deserve a platform. Yeah, I think hey, at the end get of the to day... something
2: else.
0: Well, I just want to say, at the end of the day, what I like about cycling is that it makes no sense. That there's no <laughs> unified way to tell yeah. people, to really explain to people who aren't into cycling how it works like if you have to explain you you know if you're explaining even to your loved ones who hear you talk about this stuff and they're not really listening they're just humoring you you're like it's a classic season and then suddenly in in october you're like it's the classics and like what are you talking about Like, oh it's it's italian classics now and they're like why are there two different classics why are there two stage races at the same time that's the beauty of cycling and then people are like who's the best cyclist and you're like well it depends what kind of course it is it's great it's great. Yeah. It makes D- no sense. Dep- There's no Depends unifying theme it. and that's what I like about it is that it's complicated and that it actually uh, supplies the you know, am- ammunition for idiots like us to sit here and talk for 275 episodes about what's better in cycling. There's no good way to decide. We are never going <laughs> to figure it out. We're going to do 1000 episodes and we still won't know it's and that's why
2: cycling's great.
1: It really is. Uh I had this exact issue. Just this morning, uh, I...
2: When you were not riding your bike?
1: Exactly. Um, we, <laughs> we you know, holidays are coming up, so we've got family, you uh-huh. know, floating in and out of town. And uh, we were hanging out with my brother-in-law this morning, and he has been trying to get in shape and got himself a Peloton bike. And okay. he said right. he said he announced to us He's been doing Which it. Which window a few did months he put it in front? Really, of. really likes it, really enjoys it, has been getting into it, and said, I just found out what Peloton means. I had no <laughs> idea. Which is yeah. in itself amazing. But then he was like, So how does that work? What how does a Peloton like what is it why doesn't somebody just go off the front? You know, the classic kind of I don't understand bike racing, explain it to me question. And I had the exact same scenario that little guy just explained in great detail. So I won't go into it again, but I had to explain, well, you don't really go off the front cause you got all these teams and there's different teams and team and this guy, he's not going to do anything, but he wins. And the guys who did all the work, they don't get anything. Uh, you know, it's, it made no sense. It felt like it made no sense explaining it. And it is the beauty of cycling. It doesn't make it. Well, any You sense. need
2: to speak his language about like, now imagine you're a trainer that's on the, Video in front of you, and those thirty people that are in that classroom are all working together to really mm-hmm. pump up the volume and get their music going fast.
1: I don't know if and that it... would have uh, come across.
2: All right, <laughs> we got some reader f- listener feedback. Okay, I got a text message from friend of the podcast, Brandon Gavick. Two words, all caps, three exclamation points after the second word. Bus driver. Now, of course, I was like, what are you talking about, Brandon? Why are you just sending me this crazy occupation, bus driver? Then it hit me. Ah. Neither of us drafted bus driver for the draft last week of the best best job you could have as a Cat 3 superstar. Bus driver is pretty much the best job you could have. Because you're working in the morning, you're working in the afternoon, and you can ride in the middle of the day.
1: It's true. That's a good point. Picking up the kids, dropping them off. Mm -hmm. We got
2: some other emails, guys. Robert Kelly and John Sr. both hit us up. And man, were they a little angry about knee warmers and bib (laughs) knickers.
1: Okay. We've got opinions.
2: I don't think they both were. I think they both agreed that there should be some rules on what temperature you're set so you always know what to wear when you get out there. But bib knicker is not a very popular topic. no. A lot of people, I think one of them even said, I own one pair, still have them. (laughs) Never use them, but they're still sitting there.
0: So Daniel Walker wrote, hey guys, so the crippling Northeast off-season has engulfed Long Island. I'm attempting to determine a new off-season training regimen this year, as the Netflix and bulk training plan has failed me many times before. In your professional opinions, see this letter makes no sense, does one scoop a mountain bike or a smart trainer? Keep in mind, Long Island cycle cross is abysmal and gravel is
2: a foreign word. Cheers, Dan. So he's basically saying, should he get a trainer or should he get a mountain bike to ride outside?
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is a, ah, a, a, a quintessential, quintessential question.
2: Well, I already know the answer.
0: Oh, well, okay, of the, course. If he doesn't have good gravel roads, I don't know, man.
2: No, you always get one more bike. What the hell are you talking about, little <laughs> guy? Like,. Well, like I'm trainer. being practical. Cool. I'm being practical, but you got to think about the summer. Now he's going to have a mountain bike for the summer to go along with his road bike.
1: Yeah, you but know, your mount,
0: your winter mountain bike can't be some sweet full suspension downhill bike that you're going to rip on all summer. You're going to you're going to take up to the mountains. You know, it's got to be some weird rigid thing you don't mind getting salt encrusted. You know, so
1: that's true. The other thing to consider is. Now, in the past, I would have said, uh, agreed with you guys, 100% mountain bike. Um, But it sounds like the terrain in his area is maybe not inspiring. And if he wants to go to the Good Trails, uh, being on Long Island, he's going to have to ride down to the ferry, take that across to Connecticut, and then find the Good Trails over there uh, around New Haven because... There's some stuff down there that could be pretty fun, but in the winter, I don't know how icy it is. So he's probably going to break a hip or something, and nobody wants to see that. So what I'm thinking...
2: And that'd be a miserable ferry ride. It uh, would be, Montauk.
1: be a long <laughs> ride back. Like, yeah, I've done that before.
2: Yeah, <laughs> That is not fun.
1: I have advocated strongly against trainers my entire career. I hate them. I don't want to ride them. I, I, there's no question about it, but... Last winter I got myself a smart trainer. Uh oh, I got the I Elite uh, Duretto, I think it's called. Uh anyway. It's use- it's one of the rear wheel yeah. deals, like the Wahoo, like all that stuff. Okay. It changed my life. Wait, you so, use it? So much more like, fun.
2: Because you okay. can hang clothes on it? Like what it changed your life?
1: It's it's so it makes riding a trainer actually enjoyable. It, it, that paired with like a Zwift or something. Was an yeah. absolute game changer. Is it heavy? It's uh, it's it's got some heft to it. It's probably like forty pounds. Yeah.
2: Is it as big? Like
1: I got a Wahoo kicker. It's pretty it's similar. Kind of a okay. Yeah, similar, similar idea, similar thing. Adds resistance and all that when you're when you're going up the simulated hills and whatnot. Mm. It, it doing the power and doing the cadence and and having all that stuff and just not having to futz around with it all uh, is. Pretty nice. I got to say, I, I didn't hate riding the trainer as much as I used to. So it's a tough call these days. They're kind of but expensive, though. If you're anywhere expensive below uh, a certain uh, parallel on the globe and you have warmish weather and you're not getting snow, I'd go mountain bike still every time. Uh, yeah. But in Long Island, New England, Minnesota, all these places... It might be worth a look. How much is a good
2: trainer that like a smart trainer you can use on Zwift because it's probably the most important part of doing that for Zwift. How much does that run nowadays? Like 900 bucks, 1000?
1: Yeah, for for the good like uh for a, a good quality rear wheel uh, off type of one, that's that's the price tag you're looking at. You can get that's in a- for cheaper than that, like 400 bucks nowadays um for a smart trainer that sort of estimates your powers and stuff like that. Um like the I, don't, wheel on ones. I haven't used one of those, so I don't know how accurate they are, but um I think the investment is worth it in the in their rear wheel off type of uh trainer. If you're going that, go you that could, route.
0: You could pick yourself up some sweet uh Craig's fat bikes for that price, man.
1: <laughs> now that's true. Now he did he just say he said mountain bike, not fat bike, in my defense. It's true
0: it's true it's true I think I think what it comes down to is when when can you train when can you ride yeah. like if the only time you're going to have all winter is at 7 o'clock after the kids go to bed then you're getting a trainer yeah um, but if you've got daytime hours then yeah if you're get, a bus driver get some well if you're a bus driver get some old mountain bike and, um. or if 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 a smart trainer's $900 get two or three old mountain bikes <laughs> Uh-huh. and just ride them till they break, jump on a new one, you know?
2: All right. So there's yeah. that. Can I tell you guys something that's been uh, kind of bugging me for the last couple of weeks?
1: Wouldn't expect anything less.
2: I was watching the Glasgow Track World Cup.
1: But mm-hmm. I know.
2: But anyways, I was watching it and <laughs> uh, saw a lot of pictures coming out. Kind of Ashton Lambie, the guy from the that we love on this podcast, world record holder in The Pursuit who Mm -hmm. eventually, who did just lose it to the, uh, I believe, Italian uh, racer. But, you know, Ashton Lambie, the future of our track cycling program, very likely kenned it for a medal at the Olympics in Tokyo. Love everything, like his story, his background. He's kind of like the modern day Swen Tuft. However, he wears a helmet that is very, very goofy do you remember the POC time trial helmet that kind of looked like the mushroom,
1: the yeah, bad of guy
2: from uh, uh, Super Mario Brothers? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it
0: looks great He's on the He's rocking gates. that
2: or something very similar to that. I don't know how I feel about this. It's a little space ball esque, and oh, action You've got the mustache. It's great. You got the scoop net um, skin suit. Looks great. You gotta ditch the helmet, man. He's also got the bike that's got the chain on the wrong side, the drive like the (laughs) the drive the left hand drive side bike. Yeah. Yeah. Because USA cyclists probably kept that bike from four years ago. They're like, oh well we still got him. It still looks better than the British track bike that they're gonna bring to the Olympics. But man, he's gotta ditch the helmet. See,
0: I think we've had this discussion before, and I think I think I always come down on the that if you're gonna wear a time trail helmet. It should look as Rick Moranisy as possible. Just go all in.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: if you're gonna go just if you're just going for arrow gains and not comfort and in, in real life usability, like if it's got to look like a giant mushroom on your head, then so be it. You know.
1: See, yeah, you already problem, look silly. Just yeah, the problem is, in. is we can't have that like early 2000s era time trial helmet anymore with the absolutely no protection whatsoever in the helmet yeah like where it was like painted on your skull and just had a weird tail in the back i don't know how those ever passed any sort of certifications but
0: yeah they were looking the other way when that one happened
2: have you guys seen this helmet this just just want to make sure that okay i mean
0: look if a helmet is gonna look dumb it should look dumb there's no point in it being. Yeah.
2: You may in as well between. go all in. Nah. Okay. Whatever. I still think you
0: get are yeah. wrong. I'm right, but whatever. Tim, that's a great helmet. It looks like a normal helmet that somebody squished onto his head. <laughs> it looks like it looks like rather than putting it on himself, he had a giant put it on him, and the giant like leaned a little bit too much on the helmet, and it squirted out a little bit on the it, sides.
2: It does like really blow up around his shoulders. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, it. it covers that gap. It's like the helmet speed skiers wore when that was like a sport in the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> when that was the sport, isn't it still a sport? You just
1: speed ragging skiing? on speed skating.
2: No. Oh, I thought you said
0: speed skating. <laughs> okay. Em,
1: I've got a, I've got an idea for you. Okay. So, uh, we just debuted on the Wide Angle Podium Network a new show. Uh, there's yep. only been one episode. It's a it's a question and answer show with USA Cycling membership director lindsey goldman why don't you send in a question and ask him why they can't allocate some funds that you're willing to move your membership dollars that you've invested in licenses towards getting ashton a helmet that doesn't look ridiculous and if that's possible
2: it covers his ears guys <laughs> <laughs> like the, the, yeah. the structural integrity of the helmet covers his ears this is ridiculous. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that would be legal. It seems like well, that would be a fairing.
1: Yeah, ears are probably not very aerodynamic, though. So this no. could be smart.
2: If anyone wants to see this, just head over to Ashton's uh, Instagram account. It's a pretty good Instagram account, follow. You should check it out. It's um, Bahama Long Bottom. That's it. Just it really? Bahama Long Bottom. <laughs> like Bahama <laughs> shorts, but Bahama Long Bottom. It's amazing i going there.
1: Right. I feel like this is a trick.
2: No, you should totally go there.
1: That's great. Okay. Yeah,
2: but You're going to get a virus right. for Spencer, sure. Spencer, this um, that. new USA Cycling podcast.
1: Yeah. What's the, the US, name? The USA Communique. Uh, we just debuted the first episode. Uh, Bill Scheiken from uh, Cycle Cross Radio is hosting and posting these questions to USA Cycling membership director, Lindsay goldman and uh it was pretty good uh got some got some insights into why they do some of the things they do that seem insane uh maybe not always completely insane but sometimes still kind of broken but it's it's a really cool insight to have
2: all right i'm subscribed i'm ready to listen all right dudes all right i'm beat i gotta go drink some like honey in my tea (laughs)
1: You're sounding pretty rough. So we'll wrap this one up for you. I'll take care of I'll take care of the heavy lifting here, Tim. You just come in on your cue, Okay. Can you handle this? Okay. All right. I always so,
2: do.
1: Uh, well, you blew it. Um
2: <laughs>
1: we'd like to thank everybody for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. You can send us questions at the at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Ride Pod. Uh, as always, we would like to thank our sponsors works check out the hydro shot at your clean and use the code clean bike to save yourself 15% uh, check out the Grimper Brothers coffee that we offer at wideanglepodium.com slash coffee uh, to get yourself some beans and as always head over to bucklerskincare.com to uh, check out the Miracle WAP uh, chamois cream it is and this
2: is Tim in Orlando Florida
1: it is the best in the <sighs> business the tingle is the miracle Tim this is your cue go
2: (laughs) this is Tim in Orlando, Florida this is Matt in Minneapolis
1: and this is Spencer in Boston reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road even if they're behind you on a tandem the slow ride podcast Bikes, advice, and rumors straight
0: from the source theslowridepodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow
2: Ride Pods.